Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to Birds All Day, episode number 206. My name is Drew Fairservice, and this is your official, with a capital O, season preview for your Toronto Blue Jays. Which is to say, we'll kind of kick around some news and some banter, and then we'll be like, hey, uh, what do you think about the season? And then we'll have uh, nothing definitive to say. This is the show, 206 episodes deep. You know what you're getting at this point. Um, so as I said, my name is Drew Fairservice, and uh, joining me as always... Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Doing all right. Uh, all right. Know, I am oldly, reliably all right. I am reliably old. So it uh, <laughs> we have quite the dichotomy. Yeah. Quite the, you know... It's a lively mix. We've got, the, we've got our patterns. We agree on everything, which is uh, what people are looking for. Takes. <laughs> conflict. Yeah. We got it all. The straight man, the uh, the live wire. But no. Anyway, people know what they're they know what they're after. They know what they're in for. So yeah, so as I said, this was always we this is we're recording this on Wednesday instead of the usual recording of on Thursday. Because uh, tomorrow is the uh, opening day. Your Toronto Blue Jays will be taking on your Detroit Tigers in a game that one team has to win. So that's exciting. Marcus Stroman on the hill for the Blue Jays. I have no idea who's part pitching for the Tigers. Um, I know that Michael Fulmer is out for the year. I know that Dan Daniel Norris did not make the Tigers rotation. So things are going swimmingly there in the, in Motown. You're going to tell me who's starting for the Tigers now, aren't you? Yeah, I am. But then it can't be right. Seems to seems to say Spencer Turnbull. What? <laughs> yeah, I thought this is judging by the way you were going through this. I was like, you were going to say Matt Boyd, and I was going to be like, oh, <laughs> the one that got away. Yeah, and then I thought, oh no, no, it's probably Jordan Zimmerman. And I then... had, I was going to guess Zimmerman, but uh, oh no, oh good, oh thank God, yeah, no, I I've I've confused the headline. Uh, he's going to. Uh, uh, what did I say? Roscoe something or other? I don't even know who that <laughs> this guy is. Spencer Turnbull. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he's going to start at Comerica on the the home opener. So I think, I think it is. Opener. So I think it is Zimmerman. That that was uh, that was terrifying because I know the Tigers are if, bad, but if ever there was a uh, default like uh, attrition based opening day starter, it's Jordan Zimmerman in 2019. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. speaking of attrition. The Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays, your Toronto Blue Jays and mine, have demonstrated beyond any shadow of a doubt that there is there is a price to put, a price to pay for a roster spot, and that price is significant. As today, they've freed up a roster spot by trading Kendris Morales, DH extraordinaire, Vlad Whisperer, Lourdes Guriel <laughs> Groomer, a guy who had a very, very nice year in the end last year after looking like he literally could not hit anymore. Uh, he's gone. He's in Oakland A. They are dealing with injuries on their own. Matt Olson is out with a hamate injury, so apparently Kendry's going to get a lot of time at first base. Maybe do some uh, DH platooning with... Oh, no, Chris Davis is their DH because he cannot field at all. That That's the state of affairs in Oakland, where Chris Davis is so bad in the field that they'd rather have Kendry's Morales wear a glove every day for a while. But anyway, Kendry's is going to Oakland, as well as most of his salary is being paid by the Blue Jays, and they have received a... Uh, Something. What's his name? Jesus Lopez? I believe that's correct, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, yeah. international... 
Hmm? International bonus in the cap. money. Yeah. Yeah. That's not nothing. No, and they get a roster spot freed up. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and that I think is obviously the biggest prize, which I mean, they could have done that by just releasing Morales, but uh, they've sent him to a contender. <laughs> I, can, I tried to say that with a straight face, and I had a difficult time yeah. accomplishing that feat. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't. You got buying the A's? I, I mean, mean, they're Blue Jays West. They got Marco, uh, Marco Estrada now. Uh, everybody's favorite, fan favorite, Kendrys Morales. Definitely not a guy who uh, I've already have just seen somebody like, oh, the Blue Jays were talking about how they need Vlad to be a good teammate, and they're sending this guy back in the front office, not can't even get out of its own way. It's like, you know, are you are you for fucking real people? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, even that, even even you, the straw man that you've created to, which is a composite of a bunch of different clowns on Twitter, I'm sure. Uh, they they can't believe both parts of those statements, I right? Can't. The Blue Jays don't believe that. Uh, it's I said what I said on Twitter, and is that though that veteran presence is is worth having when someone else is paying for it. If 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 the Blue Jays want to pay for his whole salary, the A's are like, come on in, we would love your veteran presence. Um, if they had to pay for it, they wouldn't. They don't want it. It's not worth that much. It's not that worth that much of the Blue Jays. It's worth way more having that roster spot for flexibility. So the immediate reaction that I saw was that, oh, this means Rowdy Tellez is going to be up. Rowdy, of course, did not make the team out of spring. He was on an option back to the minors or whatever his assigned to, to Buffalo. I'm not sure what his roster status was. So the, uh, the assumption is that now Rowdy will come up and, and do that job. I don't think that's going to happen at all. No. Well, it's already, I mean, I think it's already been said that Anthony Alford's taking the spot. Oh, it has been. Okay, I didn't even see that. I'm, su- I'm surprised by that as well, because I thought they would use it for a pitcher to hide Elvis, the team. Yeah, Elvis Luciano. Elvis Luciano, who made the team as a Rule 5, the Blue Jays not willing to uh, relinquish his rights. And hand him back to uh, where did he even come from? I don't remember what team he, what club they were selected him from. The uh, the Kansas City Royals, so barely a club. I don't think you feel bad about forgetting about their existence. They have the. It's interesting that uh, uh, an expansion team would have a Rule Five guy, a team playing their first season in the in the big leagues as Kansas City looks forward to in 2019. Um, that's surprising, Anthony Alford. Okay, I, I will be surprised. Well. We've spoken of in glowing terms of Willie Cañate before, <laughs> the guy that the Blue Jays hid in in 1993 on the at the end of the bench, and I would be I thought maybe they would go that route with Elvis Luciano, but it appears that they well 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 this, they, they still I mean they have 13 pitchers so uh, um, why not have more <laughs> it, uh, with with a guy with yeah with only a 24 man roster given that one guy just basically. Cannot be there, or is not going to. Is it's going to be tough to get him into spots uh, mm-hmm. where he can be successful. Uh, yeah, I, I understand the impulse, and uh, you know, Alfred. I mean, Alfred is probably just a placeholder until Vlad comes up, anyway, right? As the pitcher would be. That's true. Um, I mean, the, the, as it, as it stands. We obviously we saw the Blue Jays using Billy McKinney at first base a little bit in spring. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a guy that, it, depending on the kind of, um, if you're looking to maximize the amount of right-handed bats in the lineup, with Teoscar Hernandez going to DH, that means suddenly Billy, Billy McKinley, Billy McKinney's playing left, starting against lefties, which probably is suboptimal. So having Alfred in the mix, it's just good to see Anthony Alfred will have a chance 
you, then you have to assume I'm I'm kind of making up my mind as I go here, but a it's good that that Anthony Alford is in the big leagues. B if he is in the big leagues and they have this is the the decision they went with, it means that they presumably uh, want him to play or will ensure that he plays because that's the thing with Anthony Alford, right? He needs reps, he needs opportunities to play and prove he can hit at the big league level and prove he can play, stay healthy. Hey, if he's on the bench, he's probably going to be healthy there, but uh, <laughs> that's not exactly ha- that's not asset management as we know to be the priority in these parts, is it? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, maybe he'll take in, uh, cut into Kevin Pilar's at-bats a little bit here. Uh, I mean, Randall Gritchick, maybe maybe him too, but uh, Pilar seems to be the guy who, uh, now that Morales is gone, makes the least sense on the roster. So, uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, it's it's possible. Uh, you know, I said I think he's going to go down when Vlad comes up. It's possible. Maybe, uh, is it Urania who made the team? Or uh, I believe, uh, instead of Sogard, uh, who could end up Going down, I think he's. I think he's on there. I should know this, frankly. Um, you know, with Lourdes Gurriel as your backup shortstop, you maybe don't need that guy. But uh, uh, it seems like since that is the case already, they probably uh, don't agree and think that they need a more proper uh, you know, infielder who can be behind there. So maybe I don't know. Maybe Alfred sticks around longer. Uh, I think it would be good. I think they obviously love him as a teammate and uh, and as as a guy in the room. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, he certainly hasn't quite yet hit his way onto the big league club. And you know something we've talked about a lot. So uh, you're right. He needs reps, and hopefully that means he gets them here. And uh, you know, it, it, there there was that big moment in spring where he had a couple home runs in a, in a couple games or something like that. And, uh, uh, looked good. He had a good spring, but I think it. it it tapered off a little bit at the end, but spring training, let's, uh, I don't know, what the hell, could it get uh, the Detroit Tigers shitty pitching staff this weekend at least, so uh, that should give anybody mm-hmm. a chance. <sighs> yeah, oh, it's, it's already, <laughs> it's, I mean, Kevin Pillar is, is basic, basically the veteran on the team now. Right, I mean, who who is the who has more service time? Justin Smoke probably is the most service time would, of anybody on the club. I would think so. Yeah, Smoke or I mean, but, Shoemaker but doesn't Norris. have that much. Yeah, Bud Norris. Yeah, so Bud Norris is he not still in flux or what's his situation? It's well, yeah, he's still in flux, but I think it seems like he's going to be uh, he's going to be on the team at some point here. That might be mm-hmm. the um, they still have a forty man spot. Or they have a forty minute spot now open to somebody such as Bud Norris. Or Javi Guerra. Yeah. Is apparently in the yeah. mix. Yeah. Um but so so yeah, so I will we'll set let's set aside the the forty man roster machinations or the twenty five man roster machinations for now. That is the next point on the rundown. The first thing we talked about was Kenny Smorales. So I mean credit to Kenny Morales for helping the Blue Jays to not just to make himself a viable enough candidate as someone who can be paid to, paid by your team to pay, play for someone else. Um, it did not look that way, you know, 11 months ago, that he was going to be a guy who would be have any value whatsoever, even if it was paying him to go to go and play for somebody else. So hopefully he continues and, you know, hits like he has. He's a good hitter. He seemed like a good dude to be around. Everybody seemed to like him, the teammates. So it's uh, good for him. And, you know, anything that... Anything that is going to allow the Blue Jays to put out 
a meaningful but also interesting lineup, I'm all for. And it's not that Kendris Morales isn't interesting, but it means more time to watch Teoscar Hernandez do Teoscar Hernandez things, more time to learn of the things that Billy McKinney can do, and then and especially Anthony Alford. That's really exciting to me. Kevin Pillar obviously looks like a kind of guy who could be or would be traded at one point, and to his he he holds a key dis, uh, distinction in my mind. Uh, somebody who has a, a name that is very hard to do remember on Twitter because it's like lots of numbers and stuff like that. He noted that the Blue Jays are getting real close um, to having more money paid to uh, to guys on other teams than <laughs> that they're paying to their own. Yeah. That's probably true. He says that right now it's about fifty nine point eight million uh, on the, the 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 Blue Jays roster and forty eight point six million is being paid elsewhere. So if Pilar, who's you know obviously got, what is he two years from free agency? He is. Yeah. He, he so he's further along in in his his uh, arbitration. He's probably making more money than almost everybody else on the roster. Disturbingly, uh, five um, five point eight. So yeah, he is now with Kendry's gone. He's their fourth highest earner at five point eight million. <laughs> well, their fourth highest earner on the roster. There are three well, that other, means three others off the roster that, that uh, earn more, of course. If 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 they're going to get close, they're going to they they could maybe net themselves a serious return. For Kendrick's for for Kevin Pillar by paying his full freight and really starting to nudge that value thing in the other way, so it's at that really that balance point. That's what that's how that's the payroll the payroll flexibility that everyone always talks about. It's the ability to pay equally to your team and other teams for the players that you at one time acquired. Um, I don't know. What do you think? The bonus pool is not not nothing, and the, the I don't I don't know anything about Jesus Lopez. Yeah, no, I don't I think mean, that his. Yeah. I don't think he's like some prize because, you know, if he was worth anything, uh, somebody probably would have tried to get him from the A's for somebody other than Kendrys Morales. You know, I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> he's just sort of a warm body, I'm sure, to make the trade go because you can't, I don't think you can just dump money. You have to actually take some sort of a player back. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's been nice to see, uh, even though, you know, it doesn't matter now, and it doesn't change the fact that he was uh, uh, pretty disappointing as a Blue Jay. It's been nice to see some of the tributes from uh, teammates, some uh, Pilar and Stroman talking about, uh, you know, how much you know they really respected and enjoyed him in the clubhouse and what a, a guy he was, even to the guys who, you know, aren't uh, Spanish-speaking players. And, and uh, I think the Nicky Huffman, the trainer, has a nice uh, uh, thing about him. And uh, Ryan Barucki's brother said that it was Kendrys who, like, Figured out that Baraki had been tipping his change up last year against the Red Sox, and and uh, and you know that that really helped uh, him unlock a bit of his season. And he was that kind of guy. I think the the thing when he was in Kansas City, I believe, was you know, his reputation was that like you know he he would uh, he'd come back after a game and he he would have he would have uh, he'd have game plans for everybody. Like he's just out there, mm. uh, you know, studying studying the game, loves the game, loves you know. Teaching and helping people, and uh, and as, as difficult as it was to watch him not be the kind of player that the Jays, I think, hoped, uh, that was all you ever heard in the background. And it was it's it's tough <laughs> because the team in the front office has such a, a PR problem that that's like not a good enough thing to point to. And obviously, they uh, an acknowledgement of the fact that it's not good enough to make that much of a difference is the fact that they're they're 
getting rid of him here, despite the, you know the the Guriel mentorship and the the Guerrero mentorship and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's you know that's uh, that's all true. That wasn't just like bullshit. I don't think it uh, uh, he you know was was uh, as valuable uh, as I suppose one can be in that kind of role, which is to say valuable enough mm-hmm. to pay the Oakland A's to play him. Uh, it definitely seems that that is a luxury, a nice thing to have, and it's great to have that and have a player around uh, young players to help guide them. But there's no substitute for getting a impediment out of the way so the young players can just play. And it's a bit of a luxury for a bad team to have. It's almost like a like a closer, like a traditional sense closer, where it's like it's always good to have good pitchers. But a guy whose main job is compiling saves isn't worth the investment. If you if you can get somebody else to, to pay him to do that, then just figure out what it is you've got back there. And and I think that that's kind of with, with Morales. Yeah, he, all those things that he does are awesome. And the team certainly has a, um, uh, you know, guys who are like that are, are way more likely to continue to get jobs as opposed to, a player who is maybe capable of producing slightly more, but taking away from the clubhouse atmosphere sort of thing. But it's not really a, a luxury that the Blue Jays need to afford. Uh, obviously, they're they're comfortable with Guriel and then Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, fending for themselves, so to speak, or ha- with the with each other and the rest of the culture that they've built, and with with the manager, of course, in place, somebody who can help to shepherd these young guys along. Um, you know, yeah, it's yeah. sure that you pay him to play for the A's, and uh, you pay him to to open up a lot more plate appearances for the guys that you want to get plate appearances to, right? Like, yeah, like you say, um, yeah. So I I was working this out. I worked it out on Twitter, right? I mean, well, Alfred in the mix changes things a bit, but uh, you know, it's just there was basically three or two spots uh, for four players with left field and, and second base for McKinney and. Teoscar mm-hmm. for Drury and for Gurriel. Basically, I mean, if you think about the rest of the roster, they were kind of locked in. And so freeing up a third spot uh, is pretty big. It's, uh, you know, if for a year where, yeah, that's exactly your objective is to see what McKinney does in 400 plate appearances, what Gurriel does. If these are guys you can, you know, pencil in to be regulars going forward, or, uh, you know, if you have to rethink that and. I don't know. It's just that's obviously the the situation they're in. So you know, yeah. So this the first. I mean, not the first, but this is we've this has been the the theme of the off season is is um, having these more entrenched type of guys move on, and I think that we'll we'll continue to see this happen as the regular season progresses, if it's Drury or whomever else, because there are still more spots to. Um, vacate. There's still the outfield to sort out, and and Kevin Pillar is the known quantity that is has uh, earned a, uh, a a much more robust career than anyone ever would have expected. And now it might be time for him to take that career. Well, <laughs> elsewhere. Well, the he, he's not he's a known commodity, and uh, on a team that is full of unknown commodities, and the front office that seems bound to determine to determine what those commodities are. And that means that letting Anthony Alford, giving Anthony Alford every solitary, every last opportunity to prove or show who and what he can be, um, potentially Dalton Pompey, but maybe not so potentially, uh, and then the rest of them with Grit, with Gritchick and 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 McKinney and 
uh, Hernandez, all those sorts of guys. The infield is is in a similar situation because you've got Vlad and you got Bo, and they're coming, and they're coming. One of them is coming before the other, but the other one won't be far behind. It's starting so to feel that, that way, isn't it? A little bit. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We we talked all summer, or all, sorry, fuck, all summer, all winter about uh, you know doing the same thing over with Vlad or with uh, Bo as we did with Vlad. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I could, <laughs> I could see him. I could see him up a lot sooner than uh, uh, than a year from now, based on the way okay. he's played, right? Let's have this conversation now, then. All right. So, you, I know you wrote about this today, uh, or yesterday, about the service time thing. So, Vlad, Vlad's injury gave the Blue Jays the cover that they didn't need, as we've discussed before, and we've said up and down. They didn't need cover. They were going to do what they were going to do. And, and they still insist. Uh, you know, Mark Shapiro was, 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 has said it since kind of not doubling down, but being like his one tool is big league ready. We're wanting him to be a great player and all blah, 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 blah. But around the league, there's two different kind of schools of thought we've seen with the other top three, two of the other, the other remaining top three yeah. big prospects in baseball, which is Eloy Jimenez signs a six year. I think last week I said 24, it's actually $34 million with two options. And that'll get him, um, on the big league roster for opening day. Uh, so that's one way to do it. And, and again, last week we were sort of like, yeah, this is cool, I guess. It's good that he's getting paid, but it'd be nice to see him get recoup more value. And Rob Manfred's running his mouth today in the paper about, or in the <laughs> news about this shit. And I, in a way that I just wish he would just stop. But it's not his job to stop. It's his job to, to continue to push this narrative forward. But Jimenez got paid. He's going to be up. For, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. not paid on the opening day roster. The Padres, not so concerned with the service time uh, manipulation, are putting their best foot forward. It's almost as though they spent $300 million on one player this offseason and really need to get it in gear now. And they also, <laughs> yeah. uh, the pitcher, I believe Chris Paddock is his name, a guy who they got from the Marlins in a Fernando Rodney trade, has taken a big leap forward and is ready to go on the opening day roster. So Padres not as concerned with the service time issue. Uh, you know what? What do you what do you feel? What is there? Are there lessons for the Blue Jays to learn from here? The answer to that is, of course, no. <laughs> but uh, but no, what do you I, think? Yeah, I, 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 there are some. I mean, it, it, I just I admire and uh, appreciate San Diego's model for one. The fact that they're you know just going for it. They already sort of put the gears in motion last year when they signed Hosmer for so much money, right? Obviously. Uh, and they're a team that, you know, there are some comparison points, and this is basically what I wrote about between the Jays and the, the Padres. And, uh, you know, the Jays maybe could have tried a little harder to uh, to make something happen this winter. Uh, they were they had a, a better record than the Padres last year, I believe, um, mm-hmm. or thereabouts. Uh, whatever it was, it was comparable. And, uh, you know, as much as people love to point to the Red Sox and the Yankees, the Padres are not in exactly uh, a division that is a cakewalk, even though, you know, San Francisco being what they are right now is uh, uh, a bit of a gift. Uh, if there had been them being in a down part of a cycle where they very often are not. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's obviously something where they, you know, think they may think differently about what the CBA is going to do to free agency because that's another factor that I don't think got talked about nearly enough in the Vlad stuff is that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who the hell knows what free agency is going to look like uh, after the CBA expires and the labor fucking Armageddon happens. 
uh, it's entirely possible that you know they're doing this for nothing, the Jays uh, and the other teams that are manipulating service time. And, and I, I, I also, I mean, it, it, you have to. It takes two. You have to have the player be willing to sign it. And I think people rightly kind of have pointed out, you know, there's maybe less incentive for a Vlad, whose family, whose dad made so much money, and maybe a Bobuchet as well, uh, to sign what looks like that kind of a light extension like uh Eloy did but uh uh you know those those kind of deals seem like a, a great option to have uh to have looked into uh, a little more seriously too i maybe the jays did but obviously not seriously enough to get it done but that would have been a uh a wonderful way to you know to to just make this all a moot point and make fans feel good and get a real win out of it and uh you know, you would love to see that with a Bichette, even if he comes up, you know, mid-season. Uh, you know, just goddamn sign him up. Like, uh, you know, put mm. all those questions to bed. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, I was tweeting about something. I retweeted something. I saw Eno was was in on it and talking about how, you know, aging curves are showing now that uh, players kind of come in what they're going to be. And you know, plateau a bit and then go down. It's not sort of the same. Uh, it, it, the agent curve just looks a little bit different now, and that's probably part of the calculation that the uh, Padres are making as well, Is that uh, and, and that the Jays probably should be considering. That, uh, you know, age 28, 29, you know, some of the ages down the line that you're going to be worried about. I mean, maybe Vlad, it's a little bit earlier, but Bichette would be, would be one there. It is, uh, is not as valuable uh, as... I think is still believed in the common uh, perception. Surely a player of Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s uh, physique shouldn't be concerned with downward trajectory of his career as he gets older. I mean, I think that that, that maybe that is something to consider that, that not only is, is our, is a, any guy's age 20 season potentially worth more than his age 27 season and if it's if it, if you're worried about about a big dude aging, I don't. That's not an that's not a, an illegitimate concern in mm-hmm. a, in a way. Um, not to say that it's a big not not to say that he's you know, going we, to be. We hear you, Jeff Blair. We got. We, you know, no, I'm I'm saying he's. <laughs> it's not it's not his his size that makes him more injury prone, but uh, there just aren't that many. I guess there aren't that many guys of. Who are built like that? Who have been through baseball and pitchers? Big pitchers have always done well, but I mean, they're they're just the the nature of the game and the kind of selection bias of that moves guys to the big leagues. There aren't that many touch points, and and I don't know who's a big who's a big guy who with the the kind of anyway. Maybe that that's a stupid point. That's a stupid point. I I will retract that point because it was <laughs> okay, stupid. Okay. But that's, we're not above the that. bigger that's, point. That's, that's the that's the birds all day difference. We will <laughs> retract our points. I, I, I there was a stupid thing to say. I've said a stupid thing that had no basis in reality. Uh, the big, but the issue, the the thing that does have basis in reality is, given what we know about the league now, that you just said is that is Vlad's age twenty season going to be that much worse or better than his age twenty seven season? I we don't know. It's hard to say. Um, the way the game is trending, it's never. It's 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 a it's a risk. You're, yeah. There's a different kind of risk, right? To, it, to I mean, associated with that, it, it does seem like it, you know it will obviously more fit the Blue Jays' timeline than than you know than the mm. Padres. If we're making that comparison, which I suspect we still are, uh, but yeah, no, I think that that's a a genuine thought that's out there and that that hasn't that hasn't been uh, uh, fully appreciated by 
some of the people who are, are aghast that San Diego would do a thing like this because you know for so long people have been you know pushed into the for you know because followed the front offices basically down the moneyball rabbit hole or down the mm-hmm. uh, the Wall Street rabbit hole right and so when something happens that's slightly different it's uh, uh, it can be jarring but no I, I don't know I just uh, credit to San Diego which I, I rarely say but uh, uh, it's well, look, nice it's nice to see a team want to win and try to gain, try to win games and try to put the best team on the field even it's even if it's for those 15 extra days it can that can make a difference. And it's also, I mean, you're sending a pretty positive signal to your fan base that you do prioritize winning. And they were going to be the ex- super clever guys with the 2002 version of the of the BP uh, the BP annual sitting in front of them who will be like, well, this is stupid. You should get, get that extra year. But maybe it's worth w- winning a little bit of that PR battle. I mean, I, I, the one thing that I, when I was reading about the Eloy Jimenez extension was like that these conversations were going on with him for a year. Which sort of, like, you know, I mean, why don't you tape one of those, decline the decline the fucking extension and be like, yeah, clearly they want me in the big leagues right now. <laughs> They've been negotiating with me. Like, there's your grievance right there is the fact that yeah, they, no, they're that's negotiating true. with you. That's a good point. But, <laughs> but apparently that's not how that works. So for me... The one thing I've always thought about the service time manipulation, A, it's obviously bad. Number one, it's bad because it's against the rules, and that's why they lie about it. Um, the other thing is that there should be, there needs to be a real threshold. Like, there needs to be a reasonable threshold for, uh, for, for players who, who meet that. And the thing that set me off about this was last year I saw some Royals fans being like, maybe, uh, you know, Adoboto, Mondesi shouldn't be up now. They should be down so they can get an extra year. And I was like, really? Him? Like, this is the kind of guy that you're you're willing to manipulate the service time for? And, and now maybe I have undersold Mondesi's, another, another legacy ball player. Maybe I've undersold his potential as he did have a bit of an odd year. He had a ton of home runs um, in the, by the end of the year. But I don't know what side of the line I would put Bo Bichette on of right. that. Right. I mean, you maybe you're gonna manipulate the service time of these sure these 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 sure bet kind of types and low risk guys that you know are gonna or that you have a really strong sense are going to make it and be and you're saving yourself money in the end. But if there's even any doubt, like oh well, maybe this guy will go down. Like those things will work themselves out. And I don't know that 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 Bichette is quite on the that the one side of that ledger. He is obviously a talented and exciting and very easy guy to root for. And he's going to be a great player, or he's going to be a good player, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe there'll be some doubt. I mean, just to assume that he's going to come into the big leagues and hit like gangbusters and he, whenever he shows up. Like, I think that's the thing with Vlad. It's like there's never, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, It's not a matter of like if, it's when. But with Bo, you know, we've seen him sort of struggle at Double A, and it'll be interesting to see how he does when he hits the ground here in Triple A. Um, well, obviously, he's won a lot of fans in spring his, training because his he's brother hit, got hit to TV's a certain. A... Yeah. Hmm. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was I was going to say his brother got to a certain you know a certain point as a prospect was a big prospect uh, in the Yankee system for a while, and then that mm. fizzled. Not that that means a hell of a lot for Bo, but yeah, just to add to the list of reasons to be. Uh, to to acknowledge that this is a different situation, yeah. Basically, also, what I'm also his defense mm-hmm. too. I mean, it's weird because the you know the lie of of the Vlad stuff was oh we're worrying about your, his defense, but I think for Bichette that is actually 
Like, I'm, I'm okay if they're like, yeah, he needs to keep playing shortstop in Buffalo for a while still just to make sure mm-hmm. he's ready for what he's going to face in the big leagues. I think that would that is easier to swallow than, hey, this this future DH really needs to make sure he's he's uh, got all his, his fundamentals at uh, at third base. <laughs> True. Um, I, the one the one thing the last thing I will say about this, and then we'll move on to the season sort of previewish things. Is if there's any doubt about of the player's future, then then there should be no reason to monkey with his, his service time at all because if it becomes an issue if you're like holy shit i can't believe we let Bo Bichette become a super two that extra pass through arbitration is going to kill us and oh i can't believe he's going to be a free agency in 2024 instead of 2025 whatever it is that is an incredibly good problem to have that's mm-hmm. true of anybody but if there any any way below the can't miss for sure, this guy is going to be a huge earner and a huge producer. So that's the kind of situation where, as a as a team, you need to try to save that money because they're slimy. Okay, but if there's any doubt, then I think you just let it ride. You just gamble and be like, bring him up as soon as he looks the part. As soon as we have no doubt that he belongs up here, get him up. As soon as there's no doubt he belongs up there, and there's a place for him to play. Um, but there should be no other considerations because. You just never know with the rest of it because the game is difficult. And maybe if it's, oh, we were really doing this for a guy who's like a nice player, but a second baseman, whatever, let him go. Let him play. Let them play. Let the kids play. That's the MLB's fucking whole marketing thing right now is let the kids play. Here we are. Let them play. Bring them up. Do what the Padres do, which is always sound baseball advice. Do what the Padres do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, so let's do the season. We'll talk about the season to come. So this is the the stuff that we always talk about the base, actually baseball adjacent type of topics. Right. Um, you know, it's a lot. Well, no, never mind. I was going to say something. It's not. It's not like the Marvel movies, even though the Marvel movies are more about looking forward to what's going to happen as opposed to what you're actually watching. That's where we have been with baseball. Like, man, can't wait for 2018 to be over so we can be done with this bullshit year and on to the year when we get to watch Vo and Blatt. Um, but that's where we are. And soon we'll be able to do that. But there's also fun things to, to look at. So, we're going to look at the season ahead. Again, this is what people come to you and I for, and they have for 206 episodes of this show, is, um, is, is hot takes, is bold positions. So, are you ready, to, are you ready to, to, to teeter out on that ledge and just, like, come with that fire? Yeah, I got my, I got my oatmeal right here. <laughs> I have I had a nice cup of soup. Put a couple of nice ice cubes in there to bring it bring it down, so I could I could sip it safely. Yeah. All right. So who do you have? So you can I I've described this as dealer's choice. So you basically can pick your metric or the measurement. But I'm going to say who will be the most valuable pitcher on the Blue Jays this year. Uh. Well, I think it's going to be Matt Shoemaker because obviously. You know, you knew Stroman and Sanchez had to be good for them to make that second wild card, and then when they did, it was really about that third guy stepping up, and that's Matt Schumacher. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Um, I would say it, it's it, the most valuable pitcher would be actually it would be Matt Schumacher <laughs> for because those exact same reasons, obviously. N- no, obviously because <laughs> why. What is it that? What is the value? What is what is Matt Shoemaker's value proposition? It is returning assets at control years in trade. 
So if Matt Shoemaker will come up and pitch well, and then he will be traded for a complimentary piece. And that, my friends, is the true definition of value. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, and that will be very good, too. If, he, if he's good and if Buckles is good, uh, then, then it's much easier to trade them, get some nice prospects, and then not worry as much about the fact that you're going to extend both Stroman and Sanchez. Uh, because we're pushing the timeline up. They're back. Stroche, mm-hmm. Stroche, as I like to call it, is back. Uh, oh, they're friends. They, yeah. On IG. It's, it's Instagram official. Oh, yeah, exactly. So that's huge. I mean, that's probably the biggest development of the winter for the Blue Jays. Uh, so now uh, now you can go out and uh, cheaply extend both of them uh, because obviously free agency is broken and they're, they're going to want to cling to whatever money they can possibly get. And you know you get uh, another couple years of uh, of those guys to uh, anchor the rotation as your uh, Barucky's, your Nate Pearsons, and whoever else is uh, end up you know repopulating uh, your rotation into something that's kind of resembles something strong. Uh, I don't know who the other ones are going to be because I think there's a lot mm. of guys they have that are starting right now that are going to be. Triple A starters or relievers, but uh, uh, you never know. Love to see Trent Thornton take a step forward too. Trent Thornton, of course, who made the team as a number four starter. For now, yeah. For now, number four <laughs> starter. For now, put that in the back of your baseball card. Uh, the real answer is, of course, Marcus Stroman. Marcus yeah. Stroman. I, I expect big things from him in this year. I I uh, I had a high expectations for him every year because I am very high on Marcus Stroman. Um, so I think he'll, I hope and think that he will come out and pitch well and, uh, provided he's healthy with it, which again, for which I am hopeful that he'll, he'll, uh, make 30 starts and, and really be out there for a full season. He is soaking up innings and is looking like himself, which he, when you squint as you are good at doing, uh, can really see that he was pretty much the same guy last year with a little bit of, um, some bad luck and some bad defense and some, some mis, mistimed poor execution. Yeah. Um, and the other, th- and the other thing about extending Aaron Sanchez um, I'd much prefer not. <laughs> he's back. Come on, he's back. He has looked good, I guess, in spring training, which is important. <laughs> I mean, if we can't be optimistic about Aaron Sanchez coming out of spring training when he looks healthy and back, when can we be optimistic? Um, the time to be optimistic about Aaron Sanchez was in between 2015 and 2016. Yeah, the that. Won the American League ERA title. Yeah, and then like a whole bunch of other things have happened since then. Yeah, he got a blister, and then he got his finger tangled in a suitcase. He'll be fine. Come back, really? come back, player of the year. Come back, player of the year. All right, sounds good. Um, <laughs> Why not? What the hell? I just put the Jays on the back of Matt Shoemaker into the wild card, so anything's possible. I okay. Now the next one. I was what I wanted to do, and I haven't been able to do it yet. Is I wanted to. I, there's a part of me that thinks that by the end of the year, Marcus Stroman will be throwing harder than Aaron Sanchez, which would probably be pretty good. <laughs> right? That sounds like a good thing. Something, something for us all to root for. Something to keep track of. Yeah. Well, we, we should we should do that in the season. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll take their average fastball readings and and, uh, and and follow them along. We can have a little graph. Harder I think to that's do. A work. harder to do in a non-visual medium, but uh, we can make it. <laughs> we'll really paint the picture. It'd be some fucking Garrison <laughs> Keillor shit out of here. 
Um, the next question, again, dealer's choice. So you can pick the metric by which you are measuring the metric. It, it doesn't have to be a metric. It can be a feeling. Okay. Uh, who is the hitter who will account for the most offensive production in the shape that you enjoy most? Yeah. I mean, you got to pick Vlad, right? I mean, it's a long season. Uh, I don't think he's going to miss that much of it. So, um, and and by what measure are you are you attributing? I'm attributing you, offensive production to you know, offensive production. He's going to be their best offensive player. You know, I don't the, think the, that the hitting in the uh, the walking and the home runs. I don't think it's inconceivable to, to have, for him to lead the team in by almost all in all rate stats. Have yeah. hit for the highest average. And have the highest OBP and slug the highest. I think that the whether or not he will hit more home runs than like Justin Smoke, I I wouldn't make me make that bet right now. Yeah. Um. Just based on on playing time and and he, he obviously he has tons of power, but he still has not yet fully shown that true home run stroke in the minor leagues. Yeah. What a um, what a bum. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something to work on. Uh, they, yeah, they said your one your one tool is is uh, is big league ready. I'm not convinced. Um, <laughs> I will say um, the hmm who is gonna uh, the most the most offensive production I think will be my choice is Teoscar Hernandez, and the me- and the measure of offensive production is outs on the bases. I am looking forward. To until Bo is here, someone needs to take up the mantle of of insane base running. And watching those two games against the Brewers in Montreal, or watching this first one in particular, it's clearly just cooked into all of them. They've done a brilliant <laughs> job of yeah. making them all maniacs. Yeah. Kevin Smith ran the bases like a stud. Uh, Bo Bichette, no hesitation whatsoever, going first to third, scoring on a sing- infield single. Oh, Kevin Smith did that. He scored on like a like a roller to the first baseman. It was great. <laughs> yeah. um, and it will be fun. Now the Blue Jays have sort of shed the very old and mostly slow guys on their on their roster. So just, there's some, just fucking shed another one. Uh, they shed another one. They're running out of slow guys. Luckily, smoke is slow enough for two or three. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I, I hope I'm hoping to see that kind of base running from all of them, every single one of them. If you're on the bases, run like you mean it. And we've talked about the Padres more in this episode than probably ever before. But that is one of my favorite teams. I think it was I can't I can never remember remember the year. But the Padres were bad and they were young, but they ran the bases like maniacs. Every single one of them. Will uh, Will Myers had like twenty five steals. They all just ran and ran and ran. And I hope the Blue Jays do that because fuck it, that's why. So Teoscar is going to be my out on the bases god in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I, I, uh, the may, next may question. I, may, I point, hmm? may I say something though here before we? Uh, What's that? Uh, just because, just because we were talking about Vlad and the, uh, you know, you're not quite convinced about the the, the power he did. His are, you, uh, are you going to well actually me? Are you going to well actually me after looking up his his Fangraphs page? Well, I, yes, obviously, uh, but no, his, his, his he had 20 home runs last year and 400 plate appearances, 29 doubles. Uh, his 6.36 slugging percentage uh, was fourth in all of the minor leagues. Uh, that is out of 1,496 uh, qualified hitters across all all minor league levels. Yeah, but that's propped up by his speed. You know, that's just <laughs> legging out extra bases. 
yeah. that's all. That's got all the. What about it? Give me, show me what's his isolated power. Come on, what are we? What are we talking? You know, he hit three fucking eighty. So of course his his slugging percentage is going to be high. Oh yeah, it's three hundred ISO. Ooh, that's no. That's true. No, he is. Uh, he, he's a little farther down. He's thirty third with a two fifty five ISO. Uh, just behind Facts. Dan Vogelbach. Dan Vogelbach is fun. Dan Vogelbach is like the the quintessential quad A slugger. Bless him. In the rain too at Tacoma. Was that where he's playing? Is he still in the uh, in the Mariner system? I have. I assure you, I have no fucking idea, and I've already clicked away from. You were just looking at his fucking name. I'm looking at a leaderboard. I'm not. You know. I'm, I don't know where the hell Dan Vogelbach was last year. <laughs> he is in the Mariner system, it's... and last year he played Mariner's replacement so Tacoma. The Tacoma Rainiers. Yeah. Anyway, good for him. Good on you, Dan Vogelbach. Uh, whom for whom are you riding for? Whom whomst do you ride for in 2019? Is there is there an irrational? Guy that you're going to defend to the death that will be unfairly maligned by the hot takers of the world, and you will valiantly come to their to their rescue. Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, I, I, I mean, just lost the one that I've been doing that for for a couple of years, which uh, mm-hmm. which worked out. You know, good way to end it for me. Uh, as long, especially if we don't pay attention to whatever the fuck happened to Morales in the last like two weeks of September there. <laughs> which uh which we won't um but yeah I, I i don't know if i have anybody in mind i i really you know i really want to see thornton get uh get out there i'm, I'm very curious to to see what he can do and, and uh, encouraged by the fact that they obviously liked what they saw there uh enough to have him start the year in the rotation uh, though obviously with uh, uh, a big asterisk on, asterisk on that um but yeah, I don't know who do who are you ready to uh, to stand for? Who are you? Uh, well, I guy? obviously I have uh, I have a lot of sweat equity carrying weight for Marcus Stroman. Yes, so I will continue to do so. But I I can really see um, Ken Giles rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, and oh, that, and that the SI anonymous scout, the you know the coded racism scout that was uh, that blew up. The internet yeah. for a bit today. Yeah, he uh, yeah. does not like Ken Giles either. Either thinks he might be a bit of a head case. I don't know where he got that idea. Probably from like one one highlight pack on his TV. Or it could also be the Ken Giles potentially <laughs> head case. <laughs> could also be that. Yeah, could also be that. Uh, this is nevertheless. Yeah. Nevertheless, I am sure that I will be the kind of person who will make excuses for him, where because. He's a closer, which when you on a bad team, so the rare win that he has the opportunity to uh, lock down when he does, should he fail to do that, it there is it'll feel like extra scrutiny, and it'll be like, oh, that fucking Giles is awful. He can't do this. He's a he's or if he's not pitching well in a save situation, whatever it is, especially as as uh, as, as Charlie Montoyo starts to get fancy with his bullpen and won't be using it in a in a traditional way. I assume. So I'm sure that I will end up making an unbelievable amount of excuses for Ken Giles when he, in fact, does pitch poorly, when he gets you know lit up every so often as he's a, as he's a mortal pitcher, and that's going to happen. So I feel like Giles will be the guy that I'll end up riding, riding for. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, because, yeah, uh, there is a chance that he may 
not uh, be perfect in save situations and extremely awful in all non-save situations again this year. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, and one more question. Uh, who are you excited to be wrong about? Is there uh, is there anyone who, about uh, about who you've already kind of made up your mind and are would but would love to be swayed in another direction? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, Rowdy Tellers is I think uh, is, is one that I definitely um, don't see it. I mean, when Morales got traded, a lot of people were you know oh this opens up a spot for Rowdy and it's and you know well one no it doesn't and two it's like really like you'd be, <laughs> I mean. I mean, it's a it's a great story. He's got a great name. He seems like a nice kid. Everybody really likes him, and, mm-hmm. and he's been through a lot. And I'm not rooting against him, but just I don't think he's answered the many many questions as a prospect that are over him. And I don't think he that you know a nice little bit of the second half in Buffalo, and then a, a good you know batted ball luck run in. Uh, in his cameo in the big leagues last year is enough to, to change that for me though. I know that that obviously uh, for those who aren't following what Rowdy Tellez is doing uh, uh to however I'm supposed to fucking say it, uh, which is, you know, I should probably, I should probably get that straight. That's, that's a nice thing to pronounce people's names, right? Uh, nonetheless, Listen, the guy they pay to talk about the games to, to call the games every day, doesn't bother <laughs> with it. Why would you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's the guy. I would love to be wrong about that, but I, I still I don't see that yet. I obviously would love to be wrong about Aaron Sanchez. Yeah, you should um, be. I'm, I'm, fight the, I'm right about Aaron Sanchez. He's going to be awesome. He's back. This, so uh, I am not wrong about Aaron Sanchez, but I would love to be wrong about Aaron Sanchez. And the other guy is Lourdes Gurriel, um, who I do not hold in a particularly high esteem. I am not, not that I dislike him or rooting against him, same sort of thing, but uh, a lot of the same... Uh, uh, rationale you laid out for Rowdy, I am like really. I'm like I've got. It's like when you go to see a band and you just kind of stand there with your arms crossed and you're kind of like figure trying to figure them <laughs> out. Like, hmm, that's me with uh, with Lourdes Gurriel. The poor man, Savvy Baez. Come on, he is. Listen, you keep Javi <laughs> Baez's name out of your mouth when you're talking about. <laughs> Lourdes Korea. Javi Baez is like the most exciting player in the game. Uh, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm saying the poor man's. The very, very well, the the man, the poor man. So uh, the man who plays in the Blue Jays for whom the highest paid player is fucking Kevin Pillar. <laughs> that kind of poor man. Look, they both. Uh, you know, Guriel has some power. I think to still tap into, but maybe not forty home runs or whatever Baez hit this year. But they're both the uh, the high strikeout. High, uh, low walk kind of guys, versatile guys. Uh, you know, it's, he's got that uh, pineapple head thing going on that he does. It's going to be a bobblehead. Uh, don't don't sell, don't sell uh, <laughs> Guriel too short. Just sell him for maybe you know thirty cents on the heavy bias dollar. Uh, I'm still taking a pretty big hit there. <laughs> there's, there's 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 some real juice. That's the thing. There's there's juice on heavy bias, and I don't know if I see that the same kind of juice on uh, Lourdes Guriel. <laughs> no, maybe not. Uh, yeah, so that, I, I, it would be nice to see him uh, round into a a well-rounded player, uh, you know, to see him um, really look the part. And lots of hits and things like that were nice, but I will remain um, impassive at this time. Like, eh. But my hope is that I will be wrong about Lourdes Gurriel, and then they can trade him. 
and let Bo fucking Bichette come and play every goddamn day. That's what I hope for. Also, yeah, that would be nice. I, I think, you know, I think you can move uh, Freddie Galvis out of there, perhaps, as well. That'll be fun. name I'm going to mispronounce as well. That'll be fun. Freddie Galvis, uh, in reading about some stuff about Fernando Tatis, they, they mentioned, they talked about Tatis' defense being like, it won't be as good as, as Freddie Galvis, because nobody is. Which is which is an underrated thing to have have like an insane, um, you know, just a vacuum like a like a Dyson handheld running around at shortstop. The birds all day brought to you by Dyson, uh, the <laughs> finest vacuums in all the land. Uh, yeah. But that that is a really fun thing to to say to um, to find. Also, as a side note, I had I was talking to someone, a former uh, Blue Jays employee today. I worked with the team for a long time and we got talking about John McDonald and he said, John McDonald is not only, not only one of the nicest people I've ever met in baseball. He's like, he might be the nicest person I ever met in my entire life. That like, <laughs> that like the whole, the prime minister defense thing and how everyone like has holds him in such a high regard. He's like, there's no way to oversell how such what a quality person he is. So, and, and then I was thinking in my back of my head about how Johnny Mac saved, and you, I know you've said it many times, but how Johnny Mac saved those awful teams. Yeah. Like yeah. he would just steal somebody's job, and it was like hell yes, John McDonald every day. Yeah. So uh, was it, was it two thousand Royce Clayton in two thousand seven where it was like uh, they, he just he just looked awful, and Johnny Mac played you know one hundred and seven games or whatever the hell it was, and mm-hmm. uh, just every day made it you know. As somebody who at that time had a star pass and was going out to the ballpark fucking probably every day or mm-hmm. close to it, uh, just gave you a gift every time that made it worth showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eckstein as well. Remember when Eckstein right, handed a job to him? Yeah, yeah. And Johnny Mac ended up playing a bunch of that year too. Yeah. Johnny Mac, uh, John McDonald, deservedly one of the most beloved Blue Jays. Not the best, but God, just so much fun to watch and those awesome that obviously that insane Father's Day home run, and and then I, I it's so stupid of me, but like the whole thing with John McDonald, how they kind of kept him around to let him get his tenured service time. I don't know. I just like I'm like, oh look, a good thing, a good thing that happened within the business of baseball. I enjoyed that quite right, a bit. Right. Yeah. Um. And uh, and yeah. So that's it. Let's let's close on that. Let's let's close on John. Everyone's fuzzy memories. Of John McDonald. Hopefully, you can go and find that video of Johnny Mac on uh, Father's Day. Maybe have a little cry. You know? Tomorrow's yeah. opening yeah. day. Yeah. Get all in your feelings. Get all <laughs> in your feelings. Because tomorrow there's going to be an enormous flag. And there's going to be pomp and circumstance. And there's going to be Mark Stroman on the hill. It I'm was, excited. Are you excited? I, yeah, I actually am. Yeah. it's. I mean, this is... I remembered... I don't know if you guys remember 2018, but... Uh, that season was fucking awful. That was just like, you know, by mid June, it's like okay, if I'm if I'm playing on career mode, it's like just skip all these games, sim all these games until next <laughs> year. This is ridiculous. And uh, and you know they're not they don't really have much that they're playing for, but yeah, it's going to be much more entertaining. My God, it's going to be much more entertaining. Um, you know, there's going to be base running and. Four man outfields and all that shit. That's that's going to be mm-hmm. quite interesting. I, I also next, uh, seems like uh, opening day is uh, very close to a sellout at this point, which is uh, which is interesting. There's not a lot of those uh, blue dots left over, so 
so I'm curious to see how that goes because that was obviously a thing that for quite some time uh, uh, mm-hmm. has been a bit of a story, sort of a small story. Though I did hear something. Uh, a, 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 a friend, a, 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 somebody emailed me uh, and was like, yeah, Rogers had changed it so that uh, employees could use their discount on opening day and Canada Day this year. And I don't know if that mm. ch- change happened you know, recently to help uh, fill out some uh, some <laughs> empty sections or what, but uh, uh, I, I'm just I, I will say that if they if they start talking about the the high revenue, that maybe that's uh, maybe that's something to be considered, and it's something that I am going to uh, uh, perhaps explore. Though also perhaps uh, I will be like. What are you gonna fucking Woodward and Bernstein? This completely pointless uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's probably gonna be like, "Yeah, no, they, they did that. Whatever." Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So it, it'll be nice. It would have been, it would have been understandable yet slightly pathetic if uh, there were big swaths of empty uh, seats mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday. So uh, hopefully not, and hopefully, you know, we see some fun baseball. Yeah, we uh, one thing we didn't talk about that we can we can talk about whenever is uh, Mark Shapiro was speaking about the stadium and changes they're making inside the Rogers Center. Um, the sort of specter of the Rail Deck Park was sort of floated yeah, again, that was a thing, which is sure. obviously a, a bit of a pet product, not pet product, something that's near and dear to my heart. I think it's a great idea, but we won't talk about that today. We can save that for whenever. We can wait till May when all this slight veneer of optimism is wiped away. And we're miserable again. So, but enjoy. If you're listening to this on Thursday, and hopefully you are, uh, enjoy opening day. Enjoy the pomp, the circumstance, the music, the whole the whole thing. Baseball is back. I'm excited. He's excited. His name is Andrew Stoughton. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we will talk to you next time for the first regular season episode of 2019 of Birds All Day.